Welcome to Dammit Vince, a firework night edition here in the UK. As well, some apologies if you hear fireworks going off in the background of all our houses. This week, we'll be looking over the week that was, our highlights of the week. Not necessarily matches, but some particularly memorable segments. We're going to be looking back at Nigel McGuinness and Brian Danielson's Ring of Honor unified match in 2006. And then making our predictions and fantasy booking for uh, AEW Full Gear this week. So I've just jumped in with that there. I'm Ellis. I've got my two co-hosts with me here today. So Hello, I'm Joe. You'll probably be hearing a lot of fireworks because people next door to me have decided it's fun to pretend you're in Syria. Uh, also, if you hear heavy breathing, it's not me. It's my dogs in here because it's absolutely terrifying. And also, we are joined this week by Butcher. Hello. Hello. Um, I have similar firework problem but with added crying baby so we'll see how that goes real life problems yeah um don't forget to follow us at dammit vince pod on twitter and instagram and our email is at dammit vince pod at gmail.com I've also um, added on the Anchor website a voice memos thing, so you can leave voice messages for us. See, we'll, we'll, we'll play them, no matter what it is. Nice, nice little addition there. I didn't know it was yeah, there. Uh, thank you to the listeners so far that we've had, and uh, welcome to any new listeners. So the week that was, the uh, show reviews, I mean, there's not been... It's been a pretty been slim week, segment. hasn't it? Yeah. We've had the fallout from Hell in a Cell from WWE. The only highlight of the, of the week for me has been the Ring of Honor pure title finale, which was yeah. very good. And the rest of it, I mean, you had the go-home show for Dynamite as well, which was fine, but it's, it's been slim, a slim, slim week in terms of wrestling. Yeah, same. Pure title tournament match was almost my highlight of the week, but that's got usurped today by a certain segment, which we'll cover later. Yeah, uh, did you two watch, I'm assuming you both watched the pure title finish? Yep. Yeah, yeah. There was actually American adverts in there as well this week, which was nice. It was, yes. That man trying to sell yeah. me a foam mattress topper with free pillows. Oh, no. And then he interrupts his own advert. <laughs> it was, I mean, I really, really loved it. It was it's not who I wanted to win, but from my limited knowledge of Ring of Honor, it went exactly the right amount of time, had ups, downs, because it was very, very... I think you said on one of the social posts I wanted, I was rooting for Tracy Williams. I think, really, thinking of it logically, Gresham was probably the correct winner. He's been pushing for Ring of Honor to be more focused on that side of things again. It had lost it. Like that, that's what Ring of Honor was always famous for in the past. Around that, like we're going to look at the Danielson-McGuinness match and like that's what Ring of Honor prided itself on was wrestling technical ability and it's kind of lost its way a bit in recent years from that. So it, it's good to see it going back that way and Gresham's been at the forefront of trying to get it to go back that way. So he probably was the right winner, really. How long is it since they did the pure title? It was two. 2006, the last time. Unified it was, so the unified match was the last one. So it's 14 years. The unified match was the last wow. match, yeah. Yeah. In other Ring of Honor news, though, everyone's favourite, Danhausen, has been signed temporarily, <laughs> at least, to Ring of Honor. Um, very good. Very evil. <laughs> very good. Very evil. He has to win a match by the end of the year to get his permanent contract there. And it's nice. I really like Danhausen. If you don't know by now, I like gimmicky, character-driven stuff. And Danhausen is, is the best that there is <laughs> in that sort of quirky, fun feel. If you haven't seen him, go and look, look him up because he's he's a beautiful, beautiful thing. <laughs> I've actually watched more of his just segments and character stuff than actual matches. There isn't that many matches yeah. um, you can get get your hands on, but he does a lot of Patreon stuff. He's very active on Twitter. Him and Warhorse, Warhausen. Warhausen, yeah. Very active on, on Twitter. And it's nice to have that sort of level of interaction with... I mean, they're not famous fame but they're more famous than we'll ever be you know what i mean it's that that, that sort of thing of like he liked your tweet yeah i, think it, I think it was because like the was, tweet from our account <laughs> i think it's because it was praising him that's why it's, that's uh, <laughs> no that means we're famous now that's, that's as close to famous as we're ever going to get yeah. is dan if we can get higher than danhausen then like we know we've made it that's the thing i think one thing of note at the, from AEW was i don't know if you've seen it after the show went off air cody rhodes had main evented seemed a bit random in terms of the show and when we get to our highlights of the week but he made Invented, but then when the show went off air, uh, like we, I was watching on Fight TV, and he's like, "Right, have we gone off now?" And he, he does a little promo, basically saying he's got his name back. WWF ceased the trademark on his name, and he has in previous interviews always said he, he doesn't want, to, didn't mind not using the Rhodes name, and he was happy with Cody. But I think if you watch this promo of him afterwards, you can tell he's happy to have that name back. Yeah, I think th- there was a line in it, wasn't there, in his promo that said whether Justin Roberts announces it or not, it doesn't matter. So there's clearly still doubt there whether he's going to use it. 
I think um, from what I've read, he's he's going to use it more for outside of wrestling stuff. As his, right. if he's on chat shows and stuff, he will be introduced as Cody Rhodes, but he will still wrestle under Cody. But it was that I, I genuinely teared up a little bit when all the crowd was chanting. I was like, it's nice because it's his dad and his brother, yeah. and it's nice to have that back. And it's nice of WWE first time ever, I think, to to show that it has a heart and give him to not I renew the um, yeah. trademark on that name. Well, I was reading something though that was saying this week also cody has given up the fight for trademarking several former wcw names and they wondered whether that was to do with each other they've come to some sort of agreement off against that yeah who knows they weren't big wcw names like i can't bring any of them to mind now but (laughs) they were all ones they're obviously going to be on the wwe network so they're not going to want somebody else owning them so whether there's been some sort of agreement there or not, I don't know. There was some nice camera work in that promo as well when he was saying it, and then the camera kind of zoomed in on the tattoo that just says "Dream." And I was like, "That's, that's a nice." I didn't notice that. Speaking of after-hours promos, did you watch the NXT Champer? I saw that commented on a, a tweet on it, and I was like, "Oh, what's this?" And I was like, "Oh, this is like this is very good." That when I watched it, I actually thought, if you go back to when we say, "Why do we watch wrestling?" I was like, there you go. Just go, go it, and watch in, the in Master Champer. Yeah. It, it, was, it felt very heartfelt and very genuine. And it was, yeah, it was It was a lovely, lovely again, I'm crying at a lot of stuff recently. I don't know what's going on. I think <laughs> lockdown's finally getting to me. Carrying Cross with that incredible entrance in front of no one. When Carrying Cross, when they have crowds back and Carrying Cross comes out, people are going to lose their shit because that is wait for that entrance one of my favourite entrances ever at the moment because it's yeah. so camp. It's ridiculously <laughs> over the top. And I love it. The other thing of note from the week that was, I think, um, was about Paige. I think you mentioned this one, Butcher. Do you want to? Yeah, she seems to be defying WWE's request to stop streaming on third party products like Twitch. She just mid midstream, I think it was, went, just went on a rant about it. And it was quite emotional, really. Like talking about how she'd broke her neck twice for the company and couldn't wrestle anymore and playing Twitch and having that community around her is what has filled that void for her. And now they want to take that away from her. And uh, I think I'd feel very similar to her. I think uh, it's it's a crazy situation, really. Yeah, she's in a unique position on it, really, isn't she? Where, yeah. you know, at least the others are still like AJ Styles, etc., still active wrestlers. I know he kind of said, this might be my last Twitch for a bit. But for Paige, like you said, she... <laughs> I had to leave the room when I watched it because she's uh, swearing quite a lot in it. And she's like, <laughs> as you said, she's like, I broke my neck. I felt really bad for her. So I was like, at least with the active performers, you can. You've still got performing yeah. to fall back on. You've still got that yeah. sort of interaction. She's... But when you. you know, All you have she... is, is, is your Twitch. Not like they're using her currently, is it? It's. That, no, that was the other thing I thought. Like, she's still so she's under just got their, a contract. She's still under their umbrella, though, isn't she? That's the thing. Mm. And I think yeah. because it's to do with names as well, because they're doing it yeah. with Cameo as well, so you can't do the little shout-out things. You give them 20 quid and they wish you happy birthday sort of thing. You're not allowed to do that under your name either. And like, yeah, this, is, yeah. this is unnecessarily evil, because in WWE, are you not independent contract? You're not tied to the company in that way. That's why you don't get health insurance and all this sort of stuff. So you can. Yeah, comp- I think the complication comes from though that they own the trademark on most of their names, so they're using their names to make extra money. That's not going into the company. I don't. I, I don't agree with it, but that's, that's where the complication. That's yeah, what, well, she mentions that's that. What, that's, her, what, that's, that's the next step. Is her unionizing, she? and I'm like, go for it. Yeah. You're the ones out there risking your necks, quite literally. Literally for her, yeah. And you're not getting that financial reward for taking stuff out of, out of your own time to go and do it. That's the thing. They, yeah. they could not do it and just sell T-shirts and do 50 quid sign-ins. But it is that thing of having a community around you, and especially in the, the strange times we find ourselves living in. It's a lifeline to a lot of people. And to take that away seems cruel and spiteful. I mean, that's what wrestlers have always done, isn't it? They've, they do the shows, but they hustle to make extra money with like selling T-shirts and, and signings and whatever. And this is just a modern version of that. Yeah. And they're taking that away. You can't do shows. So this is the only other option available to you. Damn it, Vince. That is literally a damn it, Vince. This is such good shit. <laughs> Didn't get nice. to use them last week because of the no, re-record. They, they were thrown in quite a lot in the original recording. Yeah, well. <laughs> on to the highlight of the week one one that i originally went for because i was because the clocks in the uk went back and it kind of synced up that i was awake and smackdown was on so i thought oh, i'll watch this and the the roman reigns and jay uso segment that that spanned the show i thought was really really good 
and it made me realize how I've got used to kind of SmackDown or just Raw and SmackDown in general kind of opening a promo parade that leads into a match or a tag match later in the night and I thought this was it was really beautiful if you've watched it where Jay has lost obviously the hell in the cell and Roman's asking him to bow down to him basically and, and join him and Jay Uso is shouting I hate you I hate you and Roman's just putting his hand on him saying but I love you but in this like really slow kind of sinistery kind of way and that that's the end of the segment Jay's got a match later on in the night against Daniel Bryan which is a really good match Roman comes out and basically makes Jay turn and follow him and what I didn't realize until literally an hour before recording because I saw I saw a gif of it online is it, the segment ends with Jay saying I love you too so at the start of the night he's literally shouting in Roman's face I hate you and then by the end of the night he's saying I love you too it's like I understand now and stuff, and it was it was some really nice character work from both of them. To be fair, Evil Roman is the joy to behold, and now we're going to have this whole stable of them. The be- bloodline, I think. Butcher, you yeah. predicted you well, you wanted it when you did your predictions yeah. for Hell in a Cell. You said about the bloodline. Yeah, I think it's been coming for years, hasn't it? They've teased it here and there, and it's it's the perfect time to do it, really. So I'll, I'll be interested to see how they bring Jimmy into it, because obviously the last we've seen of him is being choked out by Roman. Whether he's on board. I don't know. They might have to, or whether he's just going to be, whether he'll be straight into it or whether there'll be some resistance or not. That'd be interesting to, to see. That's nice. Nice. They've got story, story beats yeah, that you can hit and it could go um, a couple of different ways. Yeah. And I'm just waiting for that Rikishi cameo at some point. Yes. It's coming. It's got to come, hasn't it? <laughs> I didn't know that Yokozuna was like his uncle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, the family's huge. It's Quite huge. literally. Yeah. I'd love to get a family tree on it, to be honest. I was actually looking at one yesterday. It's massive. <laughs> I knew Yokozuna wasn't Japanese, but then, yeah. <laughs> what was the giveaway? <laughs> um, the terrible accent, and then the yeah. fact they stopped him talking because he couldn't do a convincing, not racist Japanese accent. Well, no, yeah, huge family, not, and it's not just in WWE, is it, anymore? You've... No, they're all over the place. Yeah, you've got, I think, um, he's, he's called Jacob Fatu, who is a champion in Major League Wrestling at the moment. Got um, Sean Maluta, who appears on AEW Dark as part of the family, distantly, apparently. So lots of them are... Something in the blood, isn't it, then? Yeah, they're just born to do it. So, yeah, that was my uh, that was my segment of the week, and just major chops to Jey Uso, really. I mean, I know it's... some people who, when this segment started, they're like, I don't get it. I was like, oh, well, to me, I was like, it's just, a, it's just a way to show Roman's a dastardly heel now. He doesn't care about his family, but I, I kind of just thought then Jay would be thrown to the wayside, but he's proven that he's a singles star, that he can act, that he can do the promos, and that came across to me, and that's why I chose it as my segment, because superb. He stepped yes. up and... He has massively stepped up, yeah. It's been fantastic. On to yours, Butcher, and Joe's. It's a joint one. Yes. I nearly changed mine to this because it was. <laughs> yeah, like I've changed mine last second, as I mentioned earlier, to the segment between John Moxley and Eddie Kingston on this week's Dynamite. It's just. It's intense, isn't it? It's two of the best promo guys out there just going for it, giving it the best. And th- that moment right at the start where they're like literally squashing each other's noses. Kingston it's, delivers all his promo while right up to his face. Mm. And it, it's watching it, I was like, oh, Jesus, this is, this is intense. And it feels like it's been going on for a long time, but it hasn't. But that's sort of how good it is, yeah, is that it's made me emotionally invested in it because it's that good. Seeing a lot yeah. of people online like that. I mean, I was I was watching it today and obviously I've got four hours of wrestling with that and NXT and I was working at the same time and that made me stop and look up. Yeah. And it, yeah, as you say, it made me invest and a lot of people have said that online. They weren't really involved in it and now they're just like, take my money because, I mean... My only concern is that the match has got a lot to live up to now because it's going to have to be brutal it's going to be slow and brutal match yeah. it's don't expect any uh flips and stuff in, in oh no one. it's just going to be it's, two guys beating the living yeah. heck out of each other yeah what i loved about the segment as well was the setup of it was so different once kingston had delivered his bit with him with his back to moxley just kind of focused on kingston's expressions and stuff it was just totally different to how an in-ring promo segment is normally shot and it just felt very fresh didn't it it was, it was brilliant and like yeah I, I'm, I'm trying i was trying to think earlier of a promo like that that's as intense as it and felt as real like well, i was thinking after this it, like, it's probably a hot topic we could do about best promos and that 
put it on the list. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely a topic for another day. That one, yeah. But it, it, it shows you the yeah. value of the unscripted promo. It's like go out there and sell the story. If you watch, uh, being the elite last week, they make Kingston just cut a promo about like a pumpkin, and yeah. it, it sounds like he will murder you with a pumpkin. He, he's just he's that good. Yeah, it's it just. A natural gift to him, and it, he's fantastic. He's, he's literally leaps. And Have bounds. you seen Tony Khan talking about him this week and about booking this match? I saw a headline. I didn't read the whole thing. So, so he said he booked the whatever <clears throat> pay per view it was at the last one, uh, the the Battle Royale when he lost, but he didn't lose. <laughs> and he said he it was always in his mind that he wanted Lance Archer and Kingston to be booked strongly because he did have a long term view of Kingston and Moxley, but he didn't he didn't think he would be here so soon with Kingston. It, it was a longer story. A longer down the line thing that he fought, and after their match on Dynamite a few weeks ago, he was like, "Well, we've got to, we've just got to go with this now because he, he's proven himself it's in there. this spot. Yeah, that spot, and he's there and he's them. been rewarded with." And he said, uh, "Tony Khan said he is he is deserving of the main event now, yeah. which is nice. It's nice yeah. to see it's that the company is like package. acting on not on the fly. They've obviously they had a plan for it, but they've read the room and brought them forward." You can't hold back a tsunami like that, no. It's it's great to see as well. Like he's been such a stalwart of the independence scene for, like as they've said in those promos for like fifteen plus years. He's been the king of promos in it. He's put on brilliant matches, and he's never had a, like a national platform to perform on. And it's nice to see him finally getting that. To be honest. I loved how he was like, and I've sold out for this. You were saying that, so this is why I've sold it was, out. It was for just, it. like I said, it was, if it was unscripted and they were both, they hadn't sort of spoken to each other beforehand about it, it's some tremendous work of improv. Because, mm. like I said, the whole turning his back to him, Moxley doing the left and right shoulders, the good and bad sort of thing, it's very well done. And the loudest person in the room, yeah. Yeah, that was the, the line, wasn't it? That was a great line. On to the classic match. Retrospective now, in honour of the the final of the, the Ringer Honor Pure title this week, we've looking back at Nigel McGuinness versus Brian Danielson at Ringer Honor Unified, which was actually held in Liverpool, wasn't it? Which when I read late, earlier on today that it's the first time they ventured outside of the USA. Yeah, I'll hand it over to you, Butcher, because this was your choice and a worthy choice. Yeah, well, it, yeah, I thought we were with us all having enjoyed the Pure title recently. I thought it was a fitting one to look back at, and I had actually I'd forgotten it was in Liverpool as well and that McGuinness was playing like the face role but for months he'd been in the role of the heel he'd built up a gimmick where he was winning matches through count out mainly and quite unfairly winning count out <laughs> like so this was the third match in a series between the two of them the first match was for both the titles it wasn't a unification one yeah the first match was for both the titles and because McGuinness won it through count out that was meant he only won the pure title the ring of honor title couldn't change hands that way then after that he'd earned himself a second match for the world title but the pure title wasn't involved which uh, Danielson won with a package as well yes indeed yeah. yeah so then after that that's when they decided right we'll do a third match a final one and it'll unify the two titles and this is what we came to and I love it <laughs> I think Brian Danielson, as he was at the time, at that point is just putting on clinic after clinic. I've been back and watched that whole era of Ring of Honor and he is something else. You can see why fans were so annoyed when he went to WWE and was put in the bad version of NXT because he was so much better than that. And this is just a perfect example of how good he was. It is an amazing one. Yeah. And Nigel McGuinness at that time as well is one of the best around. Probably doesn't get as much plaudits as he should for how good he actually he was in his in, in his time. Yeah, what did you two think of it? Is that the first time you've watched it for both first of time. you? First time I've watched it, yeah. And it was it was it was a weird watch. As you said, it was I love Brian and I've heard about the American Dragon version of Brian <laughs> before, but I've never actually watched that version of him. And it was a technical masterclass, but also with some brutality in there. And just as you're saying, like the, the Ring of Honor was based on that technicality. There was a couple of times when the commentators were kind of saying people that I don't know if they faced early on in the tournament, but they're like AJ Styles, Roderick Strong, Samoa Joe, and they're naming all these people now that are kind of well-known names. I was like, wow, yeah, this that, that must have been something. Yeah, like, lots of big names have held have held that title. Yeah, no, I thought I thought it was good. It was it was story-driven, obviously. I think the crowd really did play into it. I think Brian at one point shouts, "I'm I will kill every single one of you." <laughs> 
at the Liverpool crowd. I think it's after uh, Nigel McGuinness loses his third rope break, which um, (laughs) Brian plays into wonderfully. And then he does a cross chicken wing on the rope, which is, again, I I love that free rope break rule. I really do. It's fantastic, yeah. Something I meant to mention actually earlier when we were talking about the final of this year's was Gresham has said he wants to like bring more of that back to Ring of Honor and he, he hopes to unify, like get all the titles fought under those rules in Ring of Honor. Now, which I think would be great, really. It's a USC, isn't it, for the company? Yeah, that, that's what he says. We need something to make us stand out and that was, at that time, something that made us stand out. What did you think, Joe? I loved it. I said, I'm always a, I'm always a fan of good local heel work. When, when he's getting announced at the start, he's like, and better than the Beatles. And I'm like, that's a brave thing to say in Liverpool, isn't it? Yeah. But, you know, that's all they've but going they for him. still cheered him. Oh, yeah, still because you him. can't help but be impressed by someone. It's like last week's Eddie Guerrero one. Even though he's supposed to be the heel in it, you still can't help but be impressed by the yeah. technical prowess that's going on in there. I would recommend yeah. everyone go and watch it. It's available online. But The one thing that got me is it was quite interesting watching it because this is 14 years ago, don't forget. Like, it's crazy it to think. It feels very late 90s looking at it. It does, yeah. But like, there's a there's a point in the match where it kind of goes some technical and then they kind of get a bit brutal on each other and they're doing a, a spot on the ring post. Where yeah, I, I was going to mention. McGin- I think McGuinness is trying to pull Brian into the ring post. He puts his foot up, counters it and pulls him in, but he does it like three times, but they're proper like straight headshots into the ring post. I was like, oh, this is uncomfortable to watch just now because we know about headshots yeah, and cushions and all that. And obviously with Brian's history of it as well. And I was like, and then they did a little bit afterwards where McGuinness is bloody from that segment and they're just literally headbutting each other. But it's not yeah. it's not held back headbutts. It's, it's, it was a simpler it's time. It was, it, but no, it's good. It, it added to the match, but it was just interesting watching that in this era when we know more about that. It's it's why a lot of 90s sort of stuff is kind of unwatchable because there's a lot of headshots, unprotected chair shots to the head and things like that, and it just makes me go, oof. Yeah. What did you yes. make of the finish? Because obviously it's a pass-out finish. I think it was the only way it was going to end because neither of them were prepared to back down fitted in with the entire story they told the whole way through it because it was two men going hell for leather at it and yeah. I, as a finish it was as good as any they, they actually have a, a fourth match not long after it obviously at this point the pure title's retired they have a fourth match for the world title that Danielson wins again but he rewards McGuinness the retired pure title belt as like a gift and recognition of how like good their rivalry has been and like a, a, sh- a sign of respect essentially because he does it at the end well he shows a sign of respect at the end of the match doesn't he mm. picks up the mic slags off the crowd but then says that's the hardest match i've had as a world champion and once i've got through the next challenger you've got the next match and this is nice but yeah it's definitely definitely something we'd advise you to go and watch that was ring of honor unified 2006 in liverpool google that and it will come up top set Moving on to our final segment now. So normally we would book him, but on the weekend of a pay-per-view, we will kind of combine them and do our predictions for that upcoming pay-per-view and what we'd like to see. So this week, we've got the Full Gear pay-per-view from AEW. So we're going to go through the matches, give our predictions, what we'd like to see and our reasons why. Starting with the buy-in, we've got on the pre-show the NWA women's title with the newly crowned Serena Deeb as the champion versus Alison. Joe, what are your predictions for this? Serena Deeb's going to win it. Can't lose it. She's only had it two minutes. It's good they put it on as the pre-show, but yeah, it's fine. I think the only other match I've seen Serena Deeb in on AEW was a little bit sketchy. Butcher? Yeah, I think it'll be yeah, Deeb for the win. I think, like, like you said, they're not going to take the title off her so soon, I don't think. It's interesting, though, that there still um, definitely seems to be a relationship between AEW and the NWA at the moment. I wonder whether you'll see more of that, like maybe Nick Aldis turning up and what have you with the men's title going forward. It'd be interesting. I, I agree with both of you, Serena Deeb, as you said. And that, that's it on the on the buy-in. The other match that was originally on the buy-in was John Silver versus Owens Cassidy, which has now been bumped up to the, the main card. Joe, what's your predictions for that one? It's a weird one, this, because John Silver seems to be getting a massive push at the moment, and Orange Cassidy had that massive push with all the Jericho stuff, but they seem to have don't know what to do with him now, and that's 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 a really weird thing. I like John Silver, I like Orange Cassidy. Who will win it? I'm going to go Orange Cassidy, purely because I think they need to keep the momentum up for him. I think it'll be, it should be a good match, and I like John Silver, because he, what was it, Jer- Jericho called him? A cigarette machine with a head on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But he doesn't need the momentum. He's part of the 
Dark Order. He's a standout member of the Dark Order as far as I'm concerned. But he doesn't need that push at this point as a singles competitor, whereas Cassidy needs to keep that momentum up because he seems to have lost it in a series over the past few weeks by not really doing anything with it. Treaded water a bit. But Joe, what are your thoughts on this match? Yeah, I, I think Cassidy will win as well. It's going to be comedy fodder, isn't it, the match? I don't think it's going to be much more than a comedy thing. But I think, personally, I think maybe this might be going into the fantasy booking side of it. The purpose of it, I think we'll see the return of Brody Lee. And he will, I think, Cassidy will win. Brody will return and demolish Cassidy. And like that will lead into a rivalry between the two, I think, personally. Because we, we, we've not seen him, have we? I don't think since he lost the TNT title. No, yeah. that's a good point. No, we've not, no. So uh, there's got to be a purpose for this match it's just so out of the blue it does feel very thrown together yeah yeah there has to be a reason for it and that's the only one I can see other than being just a light-hearted segment to like lower the tone for a bit yeah because later on it's going to get dark isn't it yeah Yeah. I agree with both of you I go Orange Cassidy similarly what you're saying there Butch makes me think yeah that's why it's been moved from the buy-in I don't really understand why this is on the main card, if I'm honest with you. And I don't see why they couldn't have two matches on the buy-in because it's an hour long, isn't it, the buy-in? Or an hour and a half? Something like that. So, you know, they could have squeezed it in. So that does make me think that, yeah, maybe they do have other plans. That's That's a good thought. But for me, coming out of the momentum he got from Jericho, it would seem very strange for him then to lose to John Silver, as much as I like John Silver. I yeah, like John Silver. <laughs> everyone, everyone likes John Silver, but he's, he's not someone who you're looking at wanting to be a world title contender. You just yeah. want him to be there being John Silver, don't you? Like, yes. <laughs> it is a good point you make, Joe, and like kind of going into that fantasy booking of it. He did such a good job with Jericho, and Jericho did such a good job of proving he's a main event player. I hope they have a longer term story for him because otherwise, what's the point of kind of doing these matches to build up future stars and then not having this, that? This, this led to something that I was going to mention later on, but I think now would be as good a time as any was the fact that AEW have done very well is slowly build up future champions with the likes of Orange Cassidy, with the likes of Darby Allen, Adam Page, things like that. People who casual wouldn't know. You know Chris Jericho. You know you know the, the bigger names that they have. They're all getting older. They're not going to be around forever. You need someone to replace them. And what I think AEW have done is make them a credible threat. They've brought them in at a level. They put, say, Darby Allen up against Cody, who took him to a time limit on his first outing. It makes them seem legitimately good without just having them come in and beat the cack out of 70 people because that would... Goldberg style. Goldberg, yeah. I mean, works for some people. Brian Cage, people, you know, mostly men, but you haven't got... Playing the long game, aren't they? You haven't got that with Cassidy and Dabby because they're not beasts. They're they're a different kind of wrestler, which I don't think we've really seen anywhere else for quite a bit. And this is... I mean, this when we we come to the the Cody and Allen thing, it might be too early to push him. On on Orange Cassidy, obviously we'll talk about Alan later and that. Do you think they've got a plan? I see him as at least a TNT champion at some point. At some point, yeah. For for now, you've got to just keep keep him in feuds with people to keep his credibility up. That's why I I think a a rival with Brody Lee in the Dark Order would be fantastic. He's got his mates and best friends that can back him up so you get some good trios matches, you get some tag matches out of it. I think it's a good way to go to keep all of their momentum going for a while when they're not involved in other stuff. Good shout out. I like that. One thing you did say there, Joe, was it was both of you really proper probably offer some lightheartedness on the card as the rest of it now is pretty serious starting with a match which we've seen a lot now and i hope there's nothing else that happens with it the elite deletion between matt hardy and sammy guevara my only my only joy about this is it's surely a cinematic match yes, so they can't gonna be... be at the hardy compound i'm 90 percent sure it's going to be at the hardy it, compound it's and got it's to be. be so uh joe your your prediction for this one i'm gonna say sammy guevara and it's going to be a change he's going to become a face it out a little bit last night plus also they've got the lake of reincarnation there's nothing to say they can't throw him in that and he comes out changed it legitimately makes sense feeds into what i think is going to happen with mjf and the inner circle <laughs> we're on the same wavelength yeah. <laughs> but i hope it's going to be cinematic so it's going to be safe because lord knows these people have, have had my heart in my mouth several times but i can see them getting sammy over over on that final of the matches will give him a massive rub and will possibly bring about the downfall of the inner circle i agree except that i don't think sammy will win i think they'll do all that but have matt hardy win and that's kind of that leans into the story of so the matt hardy inner- win and throw him into the lake of incarnation yeah 
and you don't see him. And he, when he comes back, he starts acting more babyface within the inner circle, etc., etc. Do you think he'd work as a babyface? Oh yeah, it'd be fantastic babyface. Yeah, he's got the move set for it. It's a very pl- enjoyable move set to watch. He's he's a good looking lad. <laughs> I've gone for Matt Hardy as well. I don't know. I, I kind of feel like this match wasn't planned. Like you, you, you two have got like some better ideas there, which I, I actually prefer. But I'm just going off what I had originally put down in that it wasn't meant to get to this. And then because of the way the last one ended, I feel like this is a, a match added to make up for what had happened, but done cinematically. So there's no injuries. And Matt Hardy won the last one. So I'm just like, well, Matt Hardy's going to win this one. But I like what both of you are saying in that that, that Lake of Reincarnation can come into it and the way that the MJF story, which is the match we're going on to next, has played into Sammy's story as well, especially. Yeah. Yeah, I think there could be repercussions from that. And I think that's one thing AEW has done well as well. They don't they don't just have stories in isolation. They, yeah, they, they know they can, yeah, that's the word. They can intertwine them stories. And I think this is a great example of doing that, which leads nice on to the the next match which is Chris Jericho versus MJF with the stipulation that if MJF wins he can join the inner circle because he's had three weeks of resistance basically from the inner circle and we've had the what was it called the, what was the dinner called? Dinner Debonair. Yeah that's the one superb circle and we had the town hall last week and Eric Bischoff made another appearance so Joe your prediction for this one? MJF puts him over makes him a little not that he needs putting over because the man's great anyway but also, I can then see MJF trying to usurp Jericho as the leader of the inner circle. He's they've deliberately sort of singled out Sammy with the big jacket and all that sort of stuff and calling him little buddy. And I can see him replacing him in that and then gradually undermining Chris Jericho's authority and then becoming the inner, and take, becoming the leader of the inner circle. You, you've basically just read my notes out. <laughs> It makes sense. I mean, I may be wrong. They may go a completely different direction with it, but that's what, to me, it looks like they're planning on doing. Yeah, there's got to have been a reason why it was specifically Sammy that was resistant to MJF becoming part of the group. Yeah, and that'll be the first target. He gets himself into the inner circle. His MO is get Sammy out. He's Jericho's most loyal. He's the one that tags with Jericho in Less Sex Gods, as they call themselves. And yeah, that'll be his first target. And then as you say, after that, he moves on to trying to usurp Jericho. And there's a whole series of great matches that can be involved in that whole storyline. MGF Guevara, MGF Jericho again, Jericho Guevara, tag matches, all sorts. Does Wardlow get to join as well? Because like I they, believe so. They yeah. come as a package, don't they? Apparently, so. yeah. So uh, it, it could lead to Wardlow Hager matches, which love a big, big hoss big fight. Big hoss fight, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also going MJF because I don't see the point of it otherwise. <laughs> but uh, you two have thought of it a lot more detail than me. I, I was wondering where it could go, and I like the way that you two have gone with that one. Interesting side note on this. How was MJF involved in Full Gear last year? Ooh, was he? Was, was this my, not when he? It's, it's become a thing with us that I, I ask a question each week. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a couple. I'll get a jingle this one. at some point. Was he not Cody's cornerman? And was this not when he turned on him? And who was Cody facing? It was uh, Jericho for the title of the one where he said he wouldn't compete anymore for the, the one. title if he lost. So you've gone from oh, awesome. MJF helping out Jericho, really, to retain the title, to now joining the inner circle, hopefully, to take over, as you two have said, Jericho's place, which is a nice little... Oh, nice bit of symmetry. Yeah, the world one, aligned. One of the things I did uh, just before we came on, I actually I, I, I pulled up the card from last year as well, because I was interested to see what last year's was like was compared to this. And that was one of the most interesting things that came out for me from that in that MJF was involved in that match with Jericho at that point, which obviously had big repercussions on Cody. And now MJF is possibly mm-hmm. going to usurp Jericho. So, yeah, I go MJF too. Another long-term story that has been brewing throughout most of this year of AEW, brilliantly, is the story between Kenny Omega and a hangman Adam Page. So they're in the World Title Eliminator Tournament final. Joe, who are you going for on this one? I don't know. Head. What's your head going for? Omega. Heart. Heart. Page. I, <laughs> yes, I, want, I, want Page. I want Page to win it, but I think they're going to give Omega a big push this year. He's a better wrestler than Page is. He would be a more credible threat to Moxley or Kingston, especially with his new heel-ish persona that he's running. So I'm going to say it's going to be a close-run thing. It's going to be, hopefully, an absolute banger of a match for Omega for the win. Butcher? Yeah, I'm head and heart Omega because my heart wants just Page to be 
demoralized and broken man and then you get the redemption story and that's how he wins the title in another year a year of him just building himself back up i feel like this week's AEW was kind of playing towards that because like when they did the interviews like kenny omega's in a house that isn't his house with a cat or dog a dog sorry that isn't his dog he's just relocated to jacksonville and then with the hangman page one jr jr's like that's not your first bourbon is it yeah which just makes me think it's gonna send him down this downward spiral of and play into that he did come out to help the young bucks though and him and omega had a little bit of a that's an interesting twist a little bit of a a little bit of a shaky hands and then it camera sort of got turned off whether that is going to be i don't know that, that, that was but that 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 for me goes back to this intertwining of stories like to me i don't i don't see it as he was coming out to help the young books i see it, he was coming out to spite ftr because ftr have set him down this path of yeah that's a getting rid of everybody that he thought he that that he did care about that is another possible option that yeah it's which is the beautiful ooh, thing about it really it's good isn't it it's good. It's a beautiful thing about Imagine it. Imagine it. Real storytelling yeah, in wrestling. Not just, not just possibilities. crashing into each other's cars and then no. drinking I've weed got, and uh, stuff. I've, I've gone Kenny Omega as well for the same reasons as you, Joe. I think they're going to they're going to push him to the hilt this year because, I mean, Butcher or no, we've got a friend, Dooley, who's a massive NG New Japan Pro Wrestling fan, and he's like, he loves Omega, doesn't he? And oh, it's you wind him, <laughs> You wind him up a lot about, oh, I don't see why he's such a great guy, <laughs> why he's such a great wrestler, and he's like, well, if you see this, <laughs> you see as much as in New Japan, he will be. But I feel like we're now getting, we're going to start seeing what New Japan saw in Kenny Omega. He's, he's kind of done his bits and put people over and help. He has helped build Adam Page because if you think back to Double or Nothing or All Out, the one when page for jericho for the for the title and he lost the crowd were dead yeah. like that they it, it very felt going comparing to wwe here it felt very roman reignsy because a lot of people yeah. felt oh this guy's getting pushed down our throat he's the chosen one of the elite the young one that they're, they're going to make the, the face of the company the crowd were proper dead for him but then through his partnership with Omega, the only thing he's added is this cowboy drunken gimmick thing. Well, he was always a cowboy bit, but the, the drunken part of it. His moveset's still the same. He's still the same kind of person. But the story that has been told with Omega has helped put him over. The extent that pre-COVID, he was probably the most popular guy on the roster. He just needed to walk yeah. out with a drink and people were throwing beers at him. Like, the take my beer, take my beer. Of any, any of them at that point, yeah. Which is, again, a, like you mentioned, and I, I know you're going to go into it more detail later on, Joe about the long-term booking that kind of show if, if they'd have gone with page over jericho i think that could have killed him yeah. like at the start of the company it's pairing him I with think. omega and giving him that sort of drunken badass cowboy sort of shtick yeah which is done very well as well even in his uh promos <laughs> during lockdown it's stuck in his house yes <laughs> which are brilliant and and that's why i think they're gonna double down on it that's why i think they're gonna go omega they're gonna push omega they're gonna push down page so we root for page even more and yeah. my my long-term prediction here is in a in a year or so's time when there is full crowds back we're all going to be going mental when page wins the AEW yeah. title that's that's the way to go for me yeah. yeah long build it give him the title in a year's time and and you've also got the again tying into last year's full gear what was the last match on last year's full gear it's the unsanctioned lights out match wasn't it between Moxley and um, omega there you go so well assuming moxley retains omega mm-hmm. is now then going to win to go on to face moxley again in Ooh. that match so it's there you go more. all a big circle isn't it it's all a big circle there's more to come as well next match is the women's world title match between Jida as a champion versus Nyla Rose. Again. Joe. Does anyone care? <laughs> it feels no. very much like, uh, let's have Shida fight. Let's say Nyla Rose. There's been no no build-up to it. They tried getting Vicky Guerrero involved this week. Nobody cares. Shida's going to maintain it. They need to get credible threats back in there. Because otherwise it's just going to be them two going at it. Have Britt Baker in there. Have I mean, I think Statlander's back soon. So you have got stuff there. But yeah, Shida's going to Shida's gonna win. Nobody's going to care. Interesting point, though, this week. Did you notice where Lever Bates was sat? Yes, I did notice that, yeah. Yes. On the face side of things. Face side, now that her and Peter have on. Yeah. So could we be seeing her actually do some actual wrestling for once? Who knows? Are you going Shida as well, Butcher? I'm actually not, no. I think Rose wins. 
yeah, I think as as much as great as Shida is in the ring, she's um she doesn't you, you need a character. Like what's Shida's character? She's she's got nothing. Tiny, <laughs> like, tiny Japanese lady. Exactly. Not really. Yeah. At least if you put the title back on Rose, you've got you've got Vicky Guerrero who can cut a promo brilliantly. She Rose can is good on the Microsoft. And you've got champions chasing the, the monster of the division. It's it's a more easy to sell story, isn't it? Than than, than what's there at the moment. And yeah, like you did, but they, they need to desperately fix it, don't they? Yes. I'm more in, I'm more interested in, in the women's N- NWA title yes. than the AEW one, and that's not how it should be on an AEW show. I, I, I think Rose wins, but who cares? <laughs> it's pretty damning that. I'm, I'm going for Shida, but I, I don't really care. <laughs> it sounds enough. awful, but we've seen this two, three times before. It it is, yeah, it does sound awful, and I don't want if anyone's listening to this for the first time thinking, oh, like, I'm just shitting on women there. No, no, like, no. no. If, if you listen back to last week, I, I said like Sasha Banks is my favorite wrestler in in the world right now. So it's <laughs> it's not. Uh, it's just it's... the way the company have dealt with the women has yeah. not been great. We we love women's wrestling. I, I mean, I was there. Um, was it last year's Mania or the Mania before? Mania before? Where oh yeah, you. Oh. <laughs> absolutely tore a guy sitting behind us in a new hall because he was like disrespecting the women's wrestling <laughs> like, yeah, it was, yeah it was like we're in the uk it was like 4am wasn't it it was becky lynch yeah. main event yeah i took him down well, it's just, just they've just not booked it well have they no no there's been but, what, two weeks of build-up to this yeah. it feels like we need to have a women's match on it who's available yeah. which is I'll, I'll be honest, i'd rather there be no women's match on it than oh we need to have a women's match on it mm build one properly for next yeah, time. Yeah, I'd rather it not be there. Because for, for me and previous pods we've talked, I, I always like the takeover model of the matches that are on it and matches that have been built and matter. Mm. I'll Think be honest, was... most of the matches on this card, with the exception of John Silver and Orange Cassidy and this women's matches, follow that trend. That's got history, yeah. It's yeah, fine. There's, the story is at stakes. There's, you're invested in it. I'm not invested in this match. No, not at all. No. Leading on to three matches I am heavily invested in now <laughs> is the first of all the world tag team title, which is FTR as the champions versus the Young Bucks with the stipulation, which we discussed last week, very Cody Rhodes like. If the Bucks lose, they can never challenge for the title again. Joe? Based purely on that stipulation, Young Bucks, because otherwise, what are they going to do? They can't introduce another belt because that would be stupid. They can't wrestle as singles wrestlers because no. So they have to take it. That's it. Yeah, booked himself into predictable finish. Yeah. I I hate that they've put that on. This match would have been one where I'm like, mm, I don't know. It could have gone either way. Gonna go. But with that stipulation attached to it, you're like, well, they have to now, unless they're going to pull some top-level tomtissery about. It has took some of the sheen off it because they have been doing really, really nice work. Yeah, because it's not like... Like we said, Cody last year said, I won't compete for the AW Championship again if I lose this match. It's not like that because he had, I don't think they had the TNT title at that point, but... You knew they were going to add another belt at some point. Yeah, at some point there was going to be a mid-card singles title. You're not going to add another tag team title, so unless you split the books, which I don't see that happening. Like, yeah, like you say, where do they fit into the card? Even if you split them, where do they fit into the card? Like, there's that many singles guys already. So better as a team yeah the 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 only way forward is a bucks win i've gone for the bucks as well for the same reason but now as we're talking and we're talking through the matches i've just had another thought that sprung into my mind in which the bucks win by disqualification because earlier on in the night hangman adam page has lost to kenny omega and after this week's Dynamite, in which he came out, as I said earlier, more in spite of FTR because of what they've done to him, he actually comes out and in whatever way costs FTR the match and gives the Young Bucks the win. But obviously, the, it win. the, the belt doesn't change hands. That could be a way around it and feed into the story that has been told. It's a good shout. The only reason I don't see that is because they don't like DQ finishes. They don't, but this would... But they don't. The exception. They don't because I think they are overplayed in other promotions, naming promotions, but they're overplayed in other promotions. We've not really seen that in AEW, but Absolutely. in this in this case, when I'm when I'm sat here thinking about it, it would be one where it makes sense. Well, like they have booked themselves into a corner with it, no pun intended. Yeah, or it it could it might not be in no DQ, but it could be one where 
the title. Adam Page comes out and and slyly costs FTR the title that the Young Bucks win and then become champions. But Adam Page is somehow involved in that finale, which leads him on to a little bit of rival with FTR, which I know it's tag team versus singles, but it plays into that story. But then also plays into the Elite because he's then helped the Elite win the tag team titles. Creates that complexity. Put him back in their good book. Yes. Yeah. Could add some layers to the story, I think, that one. That's, that's, that's on the fly booking right now in the pod, that for me. <laughs> Talking of the the Elite, the what I assume will be probably the second to last match, the TNT title, which is Cody as the champion versus Darby Allen. We're all big Darby Allen fans here, so yes. let's see how the head and heart rule on this one. So, Joe. God damn you. <sighs> head says Cody maintains, because I think it's too early for them to push. Darby, but I, I would like Darby to win it. I think they could do with it. It's someone a bit more unusual, a bit more not your standard muscle boy wrestler. I'm just, it's just that he's, Cody's only had it back for a month, two months. It seems silly for him to have it to then drop it so soon. And I, it, it, like you said with Paige, it's, if Darby Allen won it in front of a crowd, the, the roof would go off the place. But when are they getting crowds? This is it. You can't hold on to it for that long. So actually, no, I've changed my mind. I'm going Darby Allen. <laughs> <laughs> I've, 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 talked, I've, I've talked myself I've talked myself into it now yeah I think if anything's going to change hands it'll be that it'll be it'll go to the wire I reckon because Cody's come in with all this confidence and, and newfound sort of sense of arrogance about him and Darby's done nothing but sort of sit there and take it I think you're gonna it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be uh, hopefully it'll be a corker like the fighter fest one was for 20 minutes yeah. but yeah I'm I'm changing my mind and I'm going with Darby Allen because otherwise we're all going to be the same stuff and this league things. In, in show change of mind, flyman. <laughs> all these in show changes. <laughs> but Joe, what do you think on this one? I think Darby wins. I like. I think Joe, you said it's too soon after Cody winning to lose it, but I think that's why they put it back on Cody. They want Darby to win it from Cody. It's hell of a role. The story, because, yeah. Yeah, winning it from Brody, obviously that'd be massive because he's beating this giant. But the story's been there from the start with Cody. Cody has for Allen recently, as you know, he's put a bit of uh, put a bit of bolt mm-hmm. on. Yeah, I, I think that's personally why they put it back on Cody so that Darby can win it from him. I, I think the time's right to put it on him myself. He's had a fantastic first year, with the exception of. Maybe Moxley and Page is probably the most over person in the company. Uh, it, it would be fantastic if it was in front of a crowd. You've, you've got a minimal crowd, haven't you? You don't know when it's, you get full crowds back. You can't, yeah, you, you can't keep putting home. stuff off. So, yeah, my, my head and heart goes Darby on this one. Even though I am, you know, I'm the biggest Cody fan. Like, it's a little bit uh, disturbing how big a Cody fan I am. <laughs> <laughs> that that uh that makes it a clean sweep for Derby then because I'm going for Derby. This this was when when I was doing my predictions. This reminded me of when we were making our four card prediction for Hell in a Cell when I was umming and airing over Sasha and Bailey and I didn't know where it was going to go, which made me invested in that match. And it's the same with this one. Like I kept switching between the two and I had reasons for both of them winning. And that probably makes me more invested in this match than I am in any other match on the card, to be honest. You mentioned the story there, Butcher. I feel if Derby doesn't win this, then the story hasn't been justified because they've had a series of matches here where there was the time limit one, which you mentioned, where it was a draw. I think it was by a second, was it? Was to, to Cody yeah, hit her, to, was, the, the ref's hand came down. It was very similar to the, and then the, the bell. Orange Cassidy one they pulled the other week, where it went yes. to the time limit. And so in that one, it was kind of like, well, Cody's, Cody had him beat, but the time went. And then they had another one in which Darby pretty much had him beat, but then hit the coffin drop. And then Cody, in his desperation, just kind of rolled it over <laughs> into like a, a veteran's kind of pin, <laughs> which, you know, it was rubbish. Told another story. So for me, the only way they can climax this story now is Darby wins it. Yeah. Darby wins or shenanigans that leads to another match that Darby wins. I did I did wonder whether no there'd be some sort of an interference. So, and then Cody would gift him another chance. Mm, see, the thing with this is after this week's Dynamite, when Team Taz came out and were like, there will be a Team Taz presence there, are they going to get involved? And I'm like, don't. <laughs> Yeah, it's like wait until Tarby gets the belt and then go. Out. Don't interfere with this because this should be a barn burner. To quote Jim Ross. Did you mention this week you'd heard rumours of Sting becoming his manager? I've not heard rumours. It's just that like a lot of people have been saying. I'm yeah, not sure whether it's a lot of people saying it on Twitter. <laughs> 
or it's the same person just posting it a lot. But apparently, yeah, I yeah. Think, think you're um, delving into a different part of the Twitter world than I was this week. I think with that one, <laughs> I, I didn't see that once. <laughs> we, we always... oh, he sat up there in the rafters, a bit like Stingesh in the WWE. See, I think that's what people, people have put two and two together. And he wears black and white makeup like Sting did when he was sitting in the rafters. It would be weird Fair if right. Sting came out. Darbyan doesn't need a mentor. There's too many mentors, as we've already said. Uh, Isn't Sting still under WWE contract anyway? I would think. assume he's a lifer, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. It, it was just story. like, why would Sting show up? Someone's clearly <laughs> got it in their head that Sting was available for work, right? <laughs> Dab doesn't need it. He doesn't need anyone. He doesn't need friends. Yeah. No, he, he does his own stuff. He's unique, isn't he? Which is why we all like him. So that's a, uh, hopefully, and would all our hearts clean sweep for Darby. Also, if he does take the belt, would be a good face for Dynamite or the new show when we get that. Mm. Because... Like I said, he's, I would say, probably the most over of any AEW wrestler. The amount of kids I saw dressed up at Halloween as Darby Allen. Not like I follow yeah. kids around. <laughs> but <laughs> but it, it's it's something that he has that sort of outsider misfit. And I think that appeals to a lot of people. I think it's He's got that people. same appeal as Jeff Hardy had in our yeah. when we were young, doesn't he? Yeah, it's that outcast misfit. Doesn't quite fit in. Wants to be accepted, but can't. And I think more people identify with that than with a muscle guy who eat your vitamins, say your prayers, that thing. It would be a good face for AEW. I yeah. agree. Good comparison with Jeff Hardy there. Though. There was a bit, a bit, little bit too on the nose from uh, JR for me this week because he called him like the unique enigma or something. Yeah, don't bring enigma and Darby Allen together because you're referring just... to him as as a, a unique individual. And I'm like, every individual is unique. Unless you're a twin. It's because he said Enigma. Because obviously that's, that's the Jeff Hardy thing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, don't, so they... don't get me started on JR. Yeah, <laughs> we could do a whole, whole podcast about should we shoot JR in the head behind the barn. Leads on to what one would assume would have been the main event. But after this week's segment of the week from pretty much all of us really should be the main event the AEW title world title I quit match between John Moxley champion versus Eddie Kingston how do you see this one going Joe Moxley it's gonna be hell and it's gonna be some tremendous tremendous storytelling on both parts I don't think Kingston has it in him to win story-wise I think it will lead to him saying you know like I, this, I've trained for his own life and it turns out that I didn't have enough. You know, when it comes down to it, at the, at, the, at, the, at the end of the road, I just didn't have what it takes. And then they can rematch it later on because I think the booking for this has been incredibly strong. As we said earlier, the storytelling for this has been amazing. And to just have it not continue on from that seems seems a waste. So I'm going to Moxley to win. It's going to be a close run thing, but it be down to down to the wire. Kingston will regret it, blame everyone but himself, maybe break up that little weird group and become a strikeout solo wrestler because he can do it. Did you notice on the, uh, going a bit off tangent here, during the PAX promo on AEW, Eddie <laughs> Kingston's voice was in the background. There. Yes. Which makes me yeah. think that isn't going to be a clean break from that group. PAX promo thing was pretty good, although I'm fairly sure towards the start of the lockdown thing, he did something very similar, I seem to remember. Yeah, it's a very weird one, wasn't it, where he's just walking around steps outside in Newcastle like in his wrestling gear I love this thought that Pac just lives his whole entire life in his wrestling gear <laughs> nipping down the shop for some fags and he's like yep just yeah. in, my, in, in me tight oh, he was doing the death triangle wasn't he before mm. all this happened he was him and a Kingston together that would be good yeah it's it, it could go anyways I think but with regards to this match I think it, it's a Moxley win I don't think there's much doubt about it it's going to be blood there's going to be tears there's going to be maybe even vomit I don't know <laughs> no, <laughs> no one's going to lose an but, eye hopefully not uh, but ultimately Mox is going to win isn't he it's, I don't think there's any doubt in that it, as much as Kingston's great he's not going to be the person who takes the title off Moxley that's waiting for pay, uh, Omega isn't it really but I think they've built him to this extent that he could be down the line further down the line oh, yeah, yeah yeah totally yeah. I, I, I agree I'm going Moxley again now now you're saying and do you think Eddie Kingston's wife would come down and quit for him based on the promo that they did no because he makes a massive massive deal John Moxley about his wife in that promo Kingston's mum sorry sorry yeah his mum scrap yeah. wife mum that's the one I meant oh right yeah <laughs> Do you, th- 
I, 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 I think it's to um, to Trent and Chuck, isn't it? That I think it's... there's only room for so many mums. It can't exactly. all be about the mums. That's, that's true. No, it's yeah, going to be. I'm, I'm going Motley. It's going to be a genuine bloodbath, and it's. Yeah, be... I, I think they even could be like, and I'm sorry, I quit. I was just, I quit. I was I'm literally sorry, just going to say that. I was literally just. Well, I was going to say that it'd be Motley saying, "I'm sorry" to Kingston. Yeah, could be. As, yeah. as Kingston says, "I quit." Motley says, "I'm sorry," because obviously they've got a close relationship from from their past, which could be beautiful. I have one bit of fantasy booking that happens after this. Go for it. There you go. And then this is a long shot, like a mega long shot. So I think this is where the four horsemen esque group forms. So you've had a mega win, the number one contender a match Kingston Moxley in the ring like basically a mess with each other but they've said sorry they've said I quit they love each other again and then Tully Blanchard appears on the stage and does the Omega finger triggers <laughs> nice Spears and FTR attack Kingston and Moxley Omega walks out onto stage laughing 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 and then that's your four Omega is the mysterious fourth man in the Tully Blanchard group and you get you've got some great you've got the build to Moxley and Omega you can have some Moxley and some Omega and Kingston matches you can have matches between the Lucha Bros and FTR from it there's there's all sorts of matches you can build from that rivalry that I think could be really great it's a, it's a long shot I don't I for not one second think that's gonna happen <laughs> but I would very happy if uh, if it's a curveball and all that stuff with FTR and Omega earlier and what made me think Actually, it, this is maybe more likely is that that bit on Dynamite this week where Paige comes out and rescues your books. Omega was much slower to come out point. and he didn't actually lay his hands on FTR at any point. It's a theory. It's a theory. It's very unlikely, but I, it's why I like to think of the unlikely stuff. No, because then you have got a top card, you've got Sean Spears in the mid card, and a tag team. Exactly. Yeah. It's the perfect That's, that's everyone you need, isn't it? I did find it interesting, speaking of Spears, that he has worked his way into the top five on the rankings now. Has he? Yes. There's been a lot of um, dark, a lot of squash matches. Yeah. A lot of dark, but they don't normally um, include that now include a lot of their matches so it's interesting that they've put him there that's another reason why i thought oh is he going to start playing more into things yeah i, I just think it'd be a good curveball everyone's speculated it's cody it's mjf it's adam page the fourth man but what if it's uh the person ftr really didn't like it's the way to go it's a big in... it's a strong idea get, get bonus points on that so i think we're gonna do some <laughs> sort of pointing system out with so point if you've got like the result right and then if you've got your ultimate fantasy booking you get a bonus point right keep a little track of how we do on our predictions on these things yeah no, I, every, I like that one every uh, a, every paper we do uh do a little little scoreboard and put it up. Yeah, and keep track of, of it all. Right, really good. I'll leave you with this one on Moxley. So um, as it, and he's lost a couple of tag team matches. With um, I'll, I'll come on to what they are in a minute. But in his singles career in AEW, there's only one match he hasn't won. Who was it again? Hmm. Pack. Uh, no, that was a mega that drew with Pac, wasn't it? How was it? Well, the look on it, I mean, it's an audio medium, so you can't really see it. The look on Ellis's face is saying, you're right. Yeah, yeah it was. It was uh, the fourth episode of Dynamite, which was Pac. It was TV time remaining. Uh, yeah. And it went to draw. Yeah, it did, didn't it? Yeah. The only singles match Motsley hasn't won. And the week before that was Motsley's other loss when he tag-teamed with Pac. Yeah. And they lost... And I like that because I remember Moxley going a bit rogue. It was against uh, Sammy and Jericho and Pac was making a big deal about of it, going about, oh, we need to win because of our win-loss ratio. And he, he was making a big deal of it and then they lost and then they had this match. So yeah, in terms of Moxley, we talked about protected people and finishers last week. He's only ever, he's won every single singles match, which I think is about 20, 29 or oh, so yeah. that he's had. He's just yeah. under 30 and I think Trent Yeah, is... 28, 29 and he's drawn this one with Pac, 30. who could make a return this if pack arrives and starts wrecking shit i'm gonna lose my brain because <laughs> yes i like Pac because he, he's a beast isn't he he got it yeah and he look yeah. legitimately looks like he could rip, rip your arms off and beat you to death with him and of course, oh, as we've also discovered and it's now canon he lives his life in his wrestling gear <laughs> Yeah, and the, the <laughs> brutalizer is a great looking finisher. Yeah, it's. I mean, yeah. it's just the rings of Saturn, but for some reason, it looks a lot more painful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
tentative to it. That kind of wraps up this episode. So, I mean, I think we're planning if we can to, again, we're in the UK. So this is like 1am our time. We're going to plan to watch the, the card live. Yeah. And um, we'll be live hopefully we'll still be awake by the awake. end of it. I was looking at last year's card. Last year's card had seven matches with one on the pre-show. This year's got eight matches plus one on the pre-show. Last year's card went four hours and 40 minutes. So it's going to be like five hours and all, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So hopefully we'll still be awake by the time we get to this wonderful Omega reveal as the um, (laughs) the fourth horseman. Did it actually happen or was it just a weird fever dream because I've not had any kit? I think um, I will probably give up and fall asleep around the Sheed and Nyla Rose match time. (laughs) Yeah, I might have to go. Yeah, that'll be the... I I rarely make it into the second half these days. (laughs) No. But yeah, we'll we'll be trying to watch live and then kind of tweet out live if people are there. So you might want to avoid the Twitter feed in the morning. They're butchering that one. We are doing that. But yeah, that's uh, that's us for this week. So next week, goodbye from me. Is our, oh yes, next week is our retrospective on the late great Eddie Guerrero. Uh, Fifteen years since his, his untimely death. So we'll be doing favorite Eddie moments, favorite Eddie matches. We'll try and dig up some, you know, whatever we can about it because he's, he was surprisingly influential wrestler. And at the time, I didn't really realize it, and it's sad. So, so if you if you uh, send us your favorite Eddie Guerrero moments from, we will from, from them. his career, whether that's matches, promos, things he did backstage to help people at uh, at Damn It Vince Pod on Twitter and Instagram, and the anchor sound bites that you can now do as you always had it that would be appreciated and we'll, we'll include them next week in the podcast. that's it thank you very much for listening goodbye goodbye bye